You're listening to Rust Belt Running. Running is what makes me realize that, like, I'm a human being who is worth something. That is not a good measurement of my value as a human. We get between eight and 10,000 additional comments, and I read every one of them. So you had to run Sand Run for your first. You become race director and take it out. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's got to be old guy naked in the locker room. I, I get to spend time with my friend Adam. I get to do something with my friend. Right now, I'm not thinking much beyond what I'm going to be drinking next week at this time. Coleslaw on a taco is not taco, it's barbecue. And so we'll be discussing tonight with some occasional swear words from Andrew because he's upset. And that's okay. I know him as the biggest Kid Rock fan around. You rap that. <laughs> oh, dear God. You're listening to Rust Belt Running. I'm Adam Wheeler. You can find me on social media at Wheels Up in CLE. Joined as I always am by a somewhat sore Andrew Hedinger, who you can find on social media at Andrew Runs a Lot. If you want to find the podcast on social media, you can find us at Rust Belt Running. Andrew, fresh off race number one of three and three. Yeah. How are you feeling, bud? Uh, I feel, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely feel, um, it's, uh, it's different. I've not raced that distance, that half marathon distance, like I did yesterday at all in my life. And, uh, the difference, you know, with a full marathon, everything hurts, just everything yeah. hurts, but it's a, it's varying degrees of it. I, you're just, you just all hurt, but it's nothing, unless you had like a little injury, Mm-hmm. Nothing major hurts. It's just you just all hurt all yeah. over. Well, this it's it's just like the race, you know, it's just like the difference in races. I just have a few spots on me that I have some real intense soreness. Yeah. You know, those areas that I uh was struggling with leading up to the race and you know, all the training. My heel yesterday, oh whoo, that was that drive home was not fun. Uh, but yeah, I feel I I mean I feel accomplished though and a little hungover. And <laughs> yeah, you had I, some time on your yeah, hands yesterday. I was so yeah, I was I was drinking some beer and I was watching the Braves game which was an awesome Yeah, it was. amazing game. We got walk-offs and back-to-back hell of an ending. Yeah, and um, you know, hell of a start to a best of 7 series too to protect that home field advantage. But I had run out of beer and I really, I texted you. I was in no condition to go get more beer. I could have like walked across the street to sheets or something. Yeah. But I wasn't even in condition to do that just cause I didn't want to walk across the street. Yeah. So I started cracking open my wife's Vizzies and Trulies and, uh, I, and I had a half bottle of wine too, but I didn't drink all of that. I just had one glass to bring me down after the victory. Um, but yeah, so no, I'm I'm good. I've a lot to celebrate today. We're gonna talk about pretty much that. So how are you doing? I'm tired and for different reasons, but they're all somewhat related to your race. Oh, you um, slept in yesterday though. Oh Lord. Yeah. So so <laughs> I had a plan, man. I had a plan. So you did not know that I was gonna be coming down to run. I really wanted to wait just to make sure the weather wasn't gonna be bad because i think earlier in the week they've been talking about rain maybe on friday and saturday and with much cooler temperatures and if that was going to extend into your race day sunday uh, no offense man i wasn't gonna come and stand in the rain to watch your race sorry 
Um, well, you didn't tell me. I had no expectation until Friday. Uh, so that's also true. Yeah. So Saturday, I'm like, hey, man, so I'm coming down. And like my plan is to I'm looking at the course. and I think I'm going to try to come find you at mile eight or like mile nine and a half and then mile 12. Um, you know, then I'll head to the finish line. And so I, I left you with my plan. And that's what I was going to do. Uh, we It was Sweetest Day weekend, which nobody outside of Northeast Ohio understands. Um, so we got very busy at work. I got my ass handed to me Saturday night. So I got home, I ate, I went to bed, and my plan was to be up and on the road at six. I had everything laid out. I had my coffee all set up. I was going to make myself a quick breakfast, had the clothes laid out. I don't know if my alarm went off. So like I set my alarm through Alexa, so I don't have anything I can just physically hit the snooze. And I don't know if I told Alexa to shut my alarm off or if it just never went off. But you know those movie scenes where somebody like sits bolt upright in bed out of a deep sleep? Oh, yeah. That's exactly what happened to me Sunday morning at 6.45, 45 minutes after I plan on being on the road. And I look at my clock and I go, ah, shit. It was seven minutes between me being up and me being in my car. I just needed to get coffee. And then I was on the road. But it's literally like you're going to get there as he's finishing. Like there's nothing else you're going to see. And you're trying to do this in a city where you're hoping there'll be some parking available while everybody's down there to race. Good luck, bud. Um, so I'm driving down and I'm getting the alerts on my phone when the race starts. You know, I'm, it, just like you and I were watching people with the Boston Marathon last week on the app. I'm you know, following along that way. And um, I get down to Columbus onto 3rd Street and somehow I find parking immediately within blocks of the finish line. Yeah. So I park. I'm sprinting as best as I can to get to the finish line. And where I parked, I was on the same road where you turn on from off of high into that little stretch at the end. I got to the corner. I knew what you were wearing. I saw you because I saw the hat you were wearing. And I'm like, oh, sweet. I still got to see him race. And then I bolted for the finish line. Uh, I got the alert on my phone that you'd come in under 130. You PR. You had a, what, three-minute PR in the half marathon? Uh, Let's get the exact... Uh, three minutes and 15 seconds. Okay. Which is a huge PR and a half marathon. And then, uh, and then, yeah, you and I met up afterward, like immediately it was almost seamless. And that I found you pretty quickly. I didn't even have to text you to say where I was, but yeah, so I am tired because I had to do all of that, which I thoroughly enjoyed. You and I got awesome pizza at my favorite Columbus pizza place. I got awesome pizza. I had fantastic Hawaiian pizza. Um, and then I had to drive back home <laughs> for another shift that I was hoping would be slow because the Browns were playing a, a late afternoon game. And I figured nobody's coming into Bonefish Grill to watch the Browns game. They never do. I was wrong. <laughs> it was busy. So I'm very tired, but it was a good it was a good 24 hours for me, too. It, it was funny. So not to, like, make you feel bad, but I when I was after I hit mile eight, Cause you told me you were going to be at nine and 12. Yeah. Uh, this was where the struggle bus happened. And I feel uh, bad about that. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I, I, when I was coming up to the mile nine flag, I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to, I need Adam to cheer me on right now. Like <laughs> I, I needed that. And, and I was, but there was also the part of me that was like, you got to look strong too. Like, I don't right. want to, I don't right. want to be shuffling or any of that. So I, you know, I was, and I mean, I felt pretty strong the entire race. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was, I was like, damn it. Where, where no. is he? <laughs> and I, I felt really ba- like it was going through my head because I, you know, the same thing had happened to me a week ago where I had a couple of friends from work that 
I knew were going to be positioned at miles 11 and 15. And yeah. so like I'm coming up to that spot. And at this point for me, the wheels were starting to fall off a little bit in my own race. So I'm like, Oh, I really could use a friendly face right now. This would be great to see them. And they, they happen to be positioned a little bit further down the course than I anticipated, but it was a big pick me up. And that was exactly the scenario that was going through my mind of like, man, I told him where to look for me. He's not there on my app. I saw that your pace had dropped a little bit too. So I'm like, ah, shit. Like, he really could probably use a pick me up right now, and he's he's not going to get that. So I, I will say though, uh, the crowd was incredible yesterday. Yes. I didn't know what to expect because the um, they usually run about I think fourteen to fifteen thousand people at that event, and yeah. I think there were about six thousand okay. total participants. And so I wondered how that was going to affect the crowd support because obviously you have. 6,000 less participants or 8,000 less participants and their families who right. aren't going to be there. So right. I really wondered, I was like, man, I hope this doesn't destroy the, it did not at all. I, I thought it basically felt like a regular Columbus. Uh, I mean, maybe like 80%, but I, the, the crowd support was, I think in the neighborhoods, it might've been better than it usually was. Really? Because, uh, I think people just missed it, but you know, some of those turns like in German village, there's mm -hmm. some of those turns that you make and you know, the beyond the barricades of the course, there's like five or six rows of people. Yeah. They were still there. Yeah. It was still five or six rows deep on both sides of the road. And I was like, yes, this is bad. And so kind of running through some of those areas, it was, <laughs> and there was this one awesome lady where I picked it back up because I was starting to hurt. Cause I, I'll go through the whole race. In a yeah, second, I was going to ask but, you, like, let's go through the whole race when uh, when you move on from this. Uh, but there was one lady as I that really helped me start to pick it up. She was, her and her husband had to be seventies or eighties. Okay, and she's wearing her long old lady like tan trench coat with like the furry collar. Yeah, and uh, just an old lady hat. Like she just was a perfect old lady. Her husband looked like he just didn't care about anything, mm -hmm. just like men that age do. Just almost looks kind of angry. But she's just there. She's like jumping up and down and waving. And she's just saying, "Good morning, <laughs> good morning," just over and over. I was so happy. She made me smile and laugh when. Uh, when things weren't feeling great and uh, that really helped. I think uh, it was probably about two, two and a half miles left, you know, really the last grind of that race. Yeah. And, uh, and she really there. helped me. Um, and I, I think it was one more right turn and then it was starting to head downtown back towards high. And it was, uh, yeah, it was good that the crowd support was amazing, but I know the finish line to me felt like a normal Columbus, uh, yeah. you know, just between the way the crowd lines that, that little bit of a sunken stretch, um, you know, the number of people that were out trying to greet athletes as they came out. And, you know, I, so one of the advantages of, of me coming down to, to support you, it wasn't a deal breaker in any sense of the word, but um, <laughs> there was a work meeting scheduled at nine yesterday and, uh, I, I told my boss, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be there. A good, you know, good friend of mine came up to watch me run my race, and uh, I'm going to, you know, go down and watch him run his. And she's like, like, really? 
like, is it really that important to do that? I'm like, yeah, like, you know, this is what we do. You know, he, my big race was, was big for me. And this is, you know, he's running three and I didn't tell her he running three in a row, <laughs> right. but it's like, this was the one that you had really circled. And, um, she really didn't get it. And it was like, I really don't care if you don't get it because yeah. like I scheduled something for a time I normally have off and you scheduled something there and that's fine, but I'm not changing my plans. And, um, you know, just being there at the finish line, you had gone to find a friend of the pod, Patrick Leber, and Leber um, actually. See, I wasn't sure you. You I said yesterday. I, you said, yeah, okay. I did. I was Sorry, wrong. Patrick. I okay. asked him. Sorry, Patrick. But yeah, Andrew was trying to find you, Patrick, and uh, so I'm just standing there. I'm looking for him, but I'm also just watching in general, just this crowd. You know just ebbing and flowing as runners come out. And what I'm watching is a whole bunch of support where it's like, you would look and say like, here, five people would flock to this runner who's coming out of the finish corral. And you could tell like some of them were runners, but a lot of the supporters weren't runners, but they were just there to support their sister, their friend, their coworker, whatever. And I'm like, Oh my God, like this, this is what I've missed so much of. And, And I've talked about it throughout the year about how, you, know, you and I are both lone wolf train uh, trainers. When we run, we don't tend to run with other people too much, but something we've both thoroughly enjoyed this year is just being more social with our running. And yesterday was sort of like the cherry on top. And even though I wasn't participating, just being part of that sea of humanity was just, it felt so good. And it was absolutely something that I missed. And I think that's what makes Columbus specifically so great. The first half of that course is so well spectated yeah. and you're so well supported. And um, so, yeah, I'm sorry. I wasn't able to be there for those two stops, but I'm glad that there were others that were able to help power you through that. Cause you had, you had a hell of a race. You should talk us through it. Um, well, to just throw this out there, I was, you, when I, after I had seen you, um, which I'll talk about my feelings when I saw you at the, towards the end, cause we'll yeah. go through this chronologically, but uh, you, you told me that my first seven K split, you, you like, you told me, or I forget how you said it, but I went out like really hard. And I was like, I, I mean, I went out little fast. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, your seven Ks were 622. And I was like, whoa, no, I yeah. did not do that. And I was talking to my buddy, Matt, from uh, who I used to work with. And uh, Matt Martin, who we ran with yeah. on Global Running Day. Uh, I was talking to him and he was tracking one of his friends who I think finished like third or fourth in the full. Uh, but As one does. He, um, he, he said his first seven K was like stupid fast too. They had so, spot yeah. The mat had to be off because yeah, I did not run a single six twenty two. I was close on a couple miles ish, right. you know, within 15, 12 or 15 seconds of that. But yeah, I, I didn't even run one, let alone for, you know, uh, three or four miles, whatever seven right. K is well, it's over 3.1. So it's probably about four and a half miles, but right. Yeah, I definitely did not did not run a single 622. Yeah, it was it was good. I you know, it was weird. I woke up um I woke up yesterday morning and I almost wondered if I didn't have it for race day cuz I was not anxious when I woke up. Yep. I just kind of woke up and was like it just felt like a normal day. And that mm-hmm. actually made me really nervous. I was like, "Oh man, I hope I hope this doesn't mean I'm not going to be, you know, excited at the start and, you know, ready to go and run hard. Uh, You know, if this is, if I'm just going to end up kind of having one of these days where my body's just like, nah, you're good. Maybe I peaked too soon or whatever. But uh, 
I, you know, that changed once I got downtown. I was, uh, I had Friday night, I got kind of emotional when I was packing too. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, going through everything, um, shoes, I, I'll always stand there when I pack for an overnight race, I will stand right in front of my bag that has everything in it. And I will point to the various parts of my body for my race day. Yeah. Make I sure I have the same exact back. thing. Yeah. I'm like shoes, socks, shorts, whatever. And I, after I was done, I was like, I'm packing for a big race again. And I was just, I was just so happy. I just stood there and looked at my suitcase. I was just kind of overwhelmed with emotion of yeah. positivity and melancholy and you know remembering what we've lost what we've sacrificed over the last 18 months and uh but what we're getting back mm -hmm. and i was i was just super stoked but i so i wear in genji socks and in genji's for those who don't know they are toe socks i actually didn't know this uh and i, I wear them because back in 2014 15 the cleveland marathon i it, we had a lot of rain that year and it was warm and i developed um 12 blisters by mile 16 and that was the final 10 miles were the most painful 10 miles i have ever run in my entire life mm -hmm. and so i had to i i was like how am i gonna do like what do i need to do i always struggled with blisters so i was like okay I had always just gone with cheaper socks. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do that anymore. And I, yeah. So I went through and tried so many and found in Genji, and I love them, and they seem to really help with blisters. But with toe socks, you have to have one right one and one left one. And I had just grabbed two black ones, and of course, I have two pairs of black socks of them. Uh, everything else, I only have one of that color, but black. <laughs> For this reason, this very reason is why I don't keep more than one color of Njinji socks, so they're easy to find. Well, I put my left sock on, I go to put my right one on, and I realized I had two left socks. And I was like, shit! <laughs> so I, I had gone back into my bag of clothes that I had worn the day before. I had a pair of features in there. And I, that I wore the day before and I pulled those out and I wore those instead. Yeah. Uh, so I wore dirty socks to a race, which is, it is what it is. They were going to get nasty anyways. Right. That's right. Nobody's going to notice. So th that was, that was my start to the day. That was pretty, that was pretty exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Between that and, you know, just kind of that feeling of like, you know, a little bit of, you know, just not, I didn't feel that excited. I was a little nervous about, you know, just how I was going to be on race day or at the race. And then I got downtown and that all changed very quickly Yeah, to, uh, to be downtown again and to, um, to just hear that, hear that music at, you know, six 30 in the morning and, mm -hmm. and feel the, feel the crowd and seeing people walk with their gear check bags downtown, uh, you know, as we approach the start and, um, Go back really quick because you mentioned something to me yesterday that really hit with me. You talked about it because you said gear check bag. Oh, you talked yeah. about how cool it is when you go to the expo and just that feeling that weekend when you're walking around the city and you can see somebody with their gear check bag. Yeah. I, like as I got off of the interstate and I was heading towards uh, the Greater Columbus Convention Center, I uh, when I was waiting to park and, you know, there's traffic and I was, I was, you know, relishing the traffic too. I was just yeah. like, I was like, yes, I, I knew what, it, I knew what the traffic was for. So I was cool. Right. With it. 
but you know, you're just stopped there. They're waving people, you know, police officers directing traffic and pedestrians. And you see people coming out of the convention center with their gear check bags. And I took that for granted, but I always enjoyed it, you know, yeah. in previous years because I was like, Oh good. It's race weekend. But that was like, it, I didn't realize how much I loved it and missed that. And to see people walking down uh, in downtown Columbus with their gear check bags again, I was just, I was happy. I was just happy about it. And it, it was like one of those first things that really made me smile uh, during the weekend. And the, the expo itself was, a, was pared back a lot. They didn't spend... Right. The money for because Columbus usually like this pretty to, to the nines yeah their expo is um but I, I I don't care I don't care about expos so yeah we've I had mean, this conversation yeah it's it is what it is and I mean I still enjoyed it I I spent money there for sure I bought my awesome um, hat which a lot of people unless you run Columbus and understand their connection with Nationwide Children's you might not understand my like rainbowy butterfly hat right um it's an it's a badass hat like for that event that hat is just awesome and that was how i found you yeah it, it was, was the hat and, and i couldn't have picked a better piece of swag to buy for this race yeah. and uh you know i looked at it also didn't help that that i'm pretty sure everybody who wears a medium um yeah. shopped on friday but uh, yeah, it, the hat is just amazing. And go to my uh, Instagram and check that out for sure. Because uh, yeah, that hat is sick. And I will wear it again on Sunday and probably every race from here on out until that thing is in tatters because I love that hat. And I will remember yesterday for all of time. Oh, and then I met Patrick Lieber, um, who had been wanting to get together. He took me out for a beer. He's a good dude. I really appreciate he's a listener of ours. I really appreciate how much he listens to us. I think he knows more about our podcast than we do. Yes. Yes. And congrats and, on the, congrats on the 150 merit. Oh hour yeah. His, his goal was, uh, his goal was to break two hours and he destroyed he that. It. Yeah. So yeah, well, I had a really good time meeting him on Saturday as well. And he a good dude, Re really a pleasure to meet him. And uh, we need to have him on to talk about his Columbus experience. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was that was good times. But uh, I guess I can move to race day now. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I kind of started. Like, I kind of started with it, but yeah, you took me back to the expo and you mentioned gear check bags and like to me, that's always that. That's always that feeling for me of like the feeling of hey, we're in we're in for something special. When I just yeah. see other runners out there with their gear check bags, it's like, oh man, you put that work in too. Like I always feel that's what gets me jazzed up. It's it's like if you're in downtown Cleveland and there's a tribe game, a uh, Guardians game. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean. you and you and you see people, you know, you see people wearing their gear. You know, yeah. it's the same type of feeling. It's yes. like, yes, there is some there is something big. This is yeah. an event. This is a big deal. It's a different and yeah, that's exactly it's a that's exactly what it felt feels like. And that's what it felt like. And it was good to feel that again. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, that was, <laughs> it's so funny. Just all the little things that became yes. so special. Yes. Yeah. You just, you can't take it for granted. I mean, and we love this. This is what we love. This mm -hmm. is what we do. I mean, my, my life, I work to pay for race entry fees. <laughs> 
basically me too like i'm looking i'm looking at my shoe collection and it's like yeah like i pay for race entry fees shoes and and running clothes basically my my siblings were like what do you want for christmas i'm like here's the running clothes and shirts that i would like (laughs) right just do that just an amazon wish list of running stuff pretty much yeah um so race morning i'm you know, I'm downtown and I, I get to see the same thing. People walking around with their gear check bags. You see people, you know, bundled up and throw away blankets and all that stuff walking to the start because our weather was perfect for uh race yesterday. Um, I, I even missed like throwaway gear. Like yeah. per- purchasing or finding in my house the gear I'm going to leave on the side of the road at the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> funny story about that in a second. But yeah, as I got to the start, I started to get jacked a little more. And Patrick Lieber, who was a children's um, champion this year, he raised money for Nationwide Children's. He got uh, two VIP bracelets. Uh, So one for him and then one for somebody else. And he gave me the second one, which was really cool. So I, which was awesome because I got to use porta potties that had no line. So, yes, that nice big tent right there at the start. Yeah, and yeah, that was that was pretty sweet. I got that last 2019 too through yeah. Darius, which Dar- is cool. Yeah, we'll have Darius on soon too. Yes, but uh, yeah, so got to the start, and before the wheelchairs kick off, um, you get a really great ACDC song, not Thunderstruck, mm-hmm. but you get Hell's Bells. Yeah, and that that kind of kicks off the insanity when you hear that bell hit that first time. Uh, and I, I didn't realize it, but I think it's kind of funny that it's before the wheelchair event. And you know, the first lyrics of that song involve the words rolling thunder. Yep. But I, I don't know if that's, I wonder if they planned that for the wheelchair part. I, I want to believe that that's intentional. Okay. I could be wrong, but I want to believe that that's intentional. Yeah, I, I just, I never even realized that because they, they've done that every year too. And I was like, Rolling Thunder. I like that. <sighs> but I removed my uh, throwaway clothes at that point, started getting jacked. You know, this is where you start jumping up and down, yeah. getting, getting loose, getting hyped before the event. And there was a Goodwill lady there who was collecting clothes and I, instead of just leaving them on the side of the road, I was just go place them in the bag for her. Mm-hmm. And well, she was not ready. And oh I, no! <laughs> so we were kind of joking around. And like I, I had them out and I was like, here, take these. And she's like, oh, okay. So she grabs her bag and I'm like, you, you're not even ready for me. And she doesn't even have it open. Then she like drops it while she's trying to open it. And I'm like, now you're just choking under the pressure. Eventually she got it open. I got it in there and. That's what he said. And then uh, <laughs> and then and then I moved back to the start and Thunderstruck hit. And that's what it's it, it, it was. It was time. It was go time. All that like doubt of do I have it today because I did. I didn't feel excited. I didn't feel anxious when I woke up that morning. Oh, that was gone. I was hyped. Uh, one of my buddies, Nate Perez, who ran yesterday, he hadn't done Columbus before. Um, and he just said that start is pure hype. Oh, it's, and it is. It's, it's the best I, I've done. Yeah, I I can't imagine a better start really? outside of like a major. Like, I just can't imagine yeah. a better start. I, that is it's just so freaking amazing every time. You know, my, right. 
Oh, go ahead. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say, like, I think that's maybe what makes Columbus so special is that it's a smaller – I mean, it's a big city <laughs> race comparatively, but it's a smaller race compared to a major that treats itself like a major. Yeah. Like they view themselves that way, and they plan it that way, and you can tell that in every little detail. Yeah, and – uh, you know, it's just, it's about creating that experience for the runners from, yes. from start to finish. Yes. And, and they do it. It, it is in the details yeah. and, you know, it, it's, and it's just awesome how you have something like thunderstruck. I mean, it's almost defined by that song yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, that, that's the most memorable thing that you can always look back on with that race. That is so sick. And it takes a minute. It's a minute before the race even starts. Yeah. And it's, you talk about it forever. I mean, I listened to Thunderstruck for like three days straight. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a lie. I no. literally, I literally had it on repeat on Thursday in my headphones uh, while I was working for two hours, I drove out to Toledo and the only thing I listened to was thunderstruck and it was awesome. Every time I'm remembering and... your Instagram story from two years ago when uh, the whole week, <laughs> all you posted were different versions of the song thunderstruck leading yeah. down to race day. Yeah. I did a playlist for the podcast Yes, and yeah, it was just, it was all thunderstruck. Um, yeah. So I went out after we started, well, my GPS watch, I, st- I always try to connect it like about five minutes before you got to time it right where you, if you have issues connecting, you give it the most time, Yeah. but you also can't do it too early where it like, um, you know, backs out of the connection and resets. Cause it's like, Oh, you're not trying to work out. Well, it would not connect. I like, I, I started it with like five minutes to go and I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm waiting for it to beep to tell me it's ready and it's not connecting. I'm like, you motherfucker. I was like, it's so helped me. And we got down within a minute. Thunderstruck started. And I was like, I'm just, I'm going to enjoy Thunderstruck. I'm not worrying about my watch. I can't do anything about it. Right. Um, towards the end of it, it finally gets connection. And uh, I think there, I think we might've been in the 10 second countdown when I finally got the, and I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. I was just going to, I was like, uh, it's just going to be off. It's just going to be really, really off. And in some ways that wouldn't have been a bad thing. I wouldn't have paid any attention to it, but right. uh, I did want to know what my paces were. They were not six twenty twos. But yeah, it just, it felt so good to be downtown. After we took off, I was just, you know, you start and you finish down the same stretch of road, which mm-hmm. I will now dub the greatest stretch of road in Ohio. Cause I think it is, but like, I mean, there's so many people at the start of this race, too, spectator-wise. It's yeah. not just the finish. I mean, it's more at the finish because of the time of day, but I was just – I was overcome with emotion again as we started. I, I just – and that actually hel- helped me keep it dialed back. That helped me really? not go out to – because I was just enjoying it. Yeah. Like, I wasn't – I didn't want to rush through that. I wanted to. I wanted to really enjoy that feeling, like, soak in that moment of time as long as I could. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I kept it, you know, relatively speaking, I kept it dialed back and started, I think my first mile on my watch was like six thirty-eight, So it was probably like, it was probably like seven minutes on the course because I was, you know, a little, my watch had me a little bit shorter than the course was at that point. Cause that's always how it works. And I still yeah. don't understand that, but um it's always the first mile i lose it that 
that's what I don't understand. Right. I, I mean, I know it's GPS isn't gospel. I get that. Well, and you're downtown. But, so like you got all those yeah. buildings, all those runners. Yep. And, and so I'm cool with it and I expect it. Um, but it's just always funny to me that it's always the first mile and half marathon for those people who ever complain about half marathons being off the half marathon course is always going to be long all a hundred percent of the time. Cause they care about the marathon course. That's yeah. the course they care the most about. And they are going to base everything off the marathon course being as accurate as possible. And it's always going to be long again, because it has to be <laughs> like, they can't have it short or it's not going to get certified. So right. they'll always, it can be long, but it can't be short. So those, that certification process, they're pretty diligent with. And uh, yeah, but half marathons are always going to be long because it's not the, it's not the course, the race, the races care about to the extent that they do the marathon. Yeah. I want to say, I want to say Cleveland, it might be Cleveland and their write up even says like the marathon course is USATF certified because you have to be to be a Boston qualifier. Right. I want to say the 10K course they said is certified too. And then something about how they worded the half marathon course is that it's measured to be as close to half marathon distance as possible. Yeah. And essentially what they're saying is like, it's, there's nothing official about this. Right. And half marathons are mostly that way. Yeah. Cause there's, they're not used. They're not used for anything. They're not used for any qualification and with exactly. Cleveland. The 10 K is like what made Cleveland Cleveland for a long time. Yeah. And that's why. So, um, but yeah, I, as we uh, left downtown, you know, we, it was kind of nice having fewer participants in a way because I, I felt like it thinned out really quickly. Um, and and yeah. the, the course was very easy to run yesterday. Uh, I was also, you know, a, in a part of the pack that I don't usually roll with. I'm usually a little for, a little bit further behind mm -hmm. uh, than I was. Still Corral A, but maybe like the middle of Corral A as opposed to towards the front of it. Right. And, uh, but yeah, crowd, I mean, crowd the entire way the entire way and i just oh my gosh it was so much fun um the front of but, la huh like the the cj albertson part of no LA? no i did i never <laughs> i never led uh, i'm sorry to disappoint oh. you will mercer i did not lead at any point in this event um so we as so you take high street really far east i think you're on high for like the first almost four miles of the race probably um, I might be off on that. It might be like three miles, but it is a long uh, stretch. Yeah. It, which is nice. Cause you're just running straight. You don't have to worry about turns or anything. And it's a little bit downhill. Um, I was maintaining the pace of about six thirty-five there at the beginning. And then you take this little uphill as you come into the Bexley, um, part of town. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I had kind of, I, I had kind of banked enough time on those downhills that I was like, you know what? I'm not going to hammer it up this hill. I'm going to kind of coast it and then, uh, you know, kind of let myself recover after I get to the top of that hill. And that's exactly what I did. I recovered at the top and, you know, started going again. Um, and, you know, I really kept that pace right there for about the first six miles of the race. Um, but a as you come out of, uh, there's like the one industrial part. I don't know what that neighborhood's called. Um, or what that part of town is called, but there's the one little industrial part that you kind of run around and then uh, you come back into Bexley and then back out on to high street. Mm -hmm. uh, when you hit high, you go up this pretty steady. It's not terribly steep, but it's a steady hill for a solid mile. And 
that was where it started to hit me that I was running a long distance really hard. And uh, I think I never noticed that hill to the extent I did yesterday because I have never run that hill hard. Right. I'd always been running the marathon or I'd been running the half slower than I was yesterday and right. not racing it to the extent I was yesterday. And man, when you were trying to run that type of effort, that hill takes it out of you. And it really, that's some of the, um, one of the little hip flexor things that I was feeling a couple of weeks ago that started to kind of, that started to kind of hit me a little bit on this hill. So I really, I really dropped the pace uh, going up that, which kind of sucks, but it's what I had to do to finish the race strong too. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew quickly, I went into this race, uh, you know, with a couple of different goals and one of them was I'd love to do 125, but some of these goals were set based on the unknowns, the unanswered questions I had. Yeah. I didn't, I have a new body. Like I have a totally different body than I did at the beginning of June. Yeah. Um, because I used to be a smoker and I don't anymore. And so I just had unanswered questions, but I knew that was when I knew that I wasn't going to hit my 127, which was what I consider my A goal. Mm -hmm. um, 125 was my bonus goal. 127 was my A goal. Uh, I kind of knew I wasn't going to hit that at that point because with where I was on my GPS watch, I was like, I'm, I'm two tenths off. That's gone just on that. And then this yeah. hill, but I was, I was still having fun. And I was like, I'm going to break 130 but I can't let the wheels fall off if I'm going to break 130. Right. Like I, I knew I had to keep pressing through. And so I got, got up that hill, tried to recover a little bit, get that heart rate back down. Uh, and it, it came down a little bit, but man, the hips, they took forever to correct themselves, but I really just kept focusing on form. Uh, there were a few times, you know, I talk about that shoulder pain. I get a lot when I fatigue, and there was one moment where I started to feel that and I was kind of trying to stretch out my arms. And I was like, no, just focus on your form, like stretch out your arms a little bit, loosen them out, but focus on your form because your shoulders hurt because your form suffers. Like that's what happens. And so I just kept focusing on my form and my pace picked back up mm -hmm. and I had two rough miles, but I really kept it together outside of that. And, uh, I ran past the awesome, good morning, good morning, lady. Uh, turned back. You can finally see downtown, and you're no longer turning away from downtown because you turn off high, and you're like, oh, no, the finish line's right up there. Yep. I just want to keep going that way. Yeah. And you can't. Uh, I mean, you can, but you cheat if you do that. And so it, as you finally make that turn when you're in German Village, that you see where downtown is and you get to start heading back towards it. That's a great feeling. That's yeah. a really good feeling. Um, especially in the half in the full, it's not the same. Cause you know, you're about to run past the finish line and you don't get to go to it. That's the only part of that, that I hate is you, you have that moment where you're like, you can hear the finish and you're like, Oh, that's going to feel really good in 13 miles. Yeah. A and then you head into that desolate university no, but yeah, that's, I, I've talked about it before, but when that, when I ran it in 2018, uh, that was the, there was like this huge shock because you run past that split and there's just 
wall-to-wall noise there and you've been so well supported through that first 13 miles and then you go past the noise and you make this turn before you head up towards campus and like the noise shuts off yeah the buildings block the noise the noise shuts off and you're like oh oh there aren't as many people out now and they're not like people especially like that whole trek up into campus and through campus like the college students don't care so they're not out really to watch. It isn't until you get past the university that you get into like New Albany and and um, Grandview where people come out again. Right. And so it's, yeah, that yeah. seven miles outside of that split is rough. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's not till yeah, about 2021 20, yep. that, yeah, it, it, the crowd support picks back up. And then it's like it is the first half. But, man, yeah, those tough miles where you really start to grind yeah. uh, in the fall is tough. But. I didn't have to do that this time. I was yep. able to I was able to come up the the final hill on high past the Angel Mile, which is always a special special mile of that uh race. That's always kind of emotional too. Sure. Uh you know, they do the Children's Champions that, uh at Columbus, which has been uh used at other events. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a, you know, great cause with the nation what they all the money they've donated, I think or raised $10 million, I think, for Nationwide Children's Hospital uh, since they started the partnership with them. Yeah. And uh, every mile they have a patient from the hospital that um, is that they're supporting. And uh, how, did they, how did they handle that this year? It was the same. Okay. I, I There wasn't a child at each mile. Okay. Uh, I noticed, uh, but most of them, yeah, there was still a child there. They just had their foam hands on a, like a stick. Oh, okay. So, so a little more, a little more distancing going yep. on there. Okay. I got gotcha. you. So that I still, still got plenty of patient champion, uh, high fives, which is awesome. Cause that's oftentimes the charge you need. Oh yeah. And, uh, the angel mile is just that I, yeah, that one is just always special parents out, um, you know, supporting their kids who passed away, mm-hmm. uh, due to various diseases, but were treated at nationwide and, uh, you get that. And then you go up that final hill on high. And as soon as you go over that bridge and it crests, you can see the sign that says half marathon left full yep. marathon straight. And I saw that and I picked it back up again. Yep. And, uh, my God, did it feel good to make that left turn? It felt so good to me. And again, it was the type of thing where I was just enjoying it. I was, I I missed it so much Mm -hmm. and heading down, heading into downtown Columbus at that point in that race again was special because I knew I was going to PR big. Uh, It was special for me personally because of, you know, what my year has been. Uh, But just to have it back, Oh my gosh. I just, I cannot express and put into words how much that moment meant, even though you weren't there and I expected you to be hyping me up as I was getting ready to make that left turn. (sighs) I'm sorry. But so we finished, we finished the race. (laughs) We finished the race. I, um, I finished strong. I finished happy. I fist pumped as I was crossing. I didn't finger gun. No, once. I know. Oh man, um, you got two more races though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got two more chances to finger gun. 
But I, after I got my medal, you know, that, so at Columbus, if you haven't run it, you come through the finish, they send you down their finish shoot, which ends up making a big U. Yeah. And it's the same shoot that you start in, but it's a big corral that's probably half a mile long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I kind of turned around and I was heading towards the exit, I just stopped for a moment. And it, again, it was just soaking it all in for the first time. And it was the one moment I really did tear up. Like one, I was really tired. Two, I was really proud of what I did and what mm-hmm. I accomplished. And three, it was back and it felt normal. It Even though we were really low on participants, it felt normal. It looked normal. It was normal. And yeah. it was the Columbus Marathon that I missed so much. There were areas that they cut costs, but it didn't affect the overall um, it, it was, it was different. It wasn't things associated with the race itself. Right. It was, it was some of the extras where they cut costs, but it was, it was normal. And I really did like, I really did choke up and I kept every volunteer I walked past. It was, thank you guys for coming out. It's yeah. good to have y'all back. Like it wasn't just a normal, like everything was over the top and I, Oh, it felt so, it felt so good. And then after, as I exited, you know, I, I haven't had this in a long time. I think I've had it. I had it after my first marathon and I had it in 2016 when I set my old half PR that I broke yesterday, I was able to hug my wife when I got my medal from her, but to see you, I, and I didn't know if I was going to see you at this point. Right. Yeah. Because it just- I, Cause I didn't see you on the course. I was like, he must've overslept and that's fine. I, I mean, it wasn't really going to like affect my day at all. Yeah. But then I did happen to see you as I left and I was getting ready to go pick up my gear check bag, dude, getting an embrace at, from somebody you care about after a PR, yeah. what a fucking great feeling. Yeah. Like that is, it's such a high. And I mean, you could tell I was high as hell. Yes, I could. Like I was, I was jacked. It took me a long, I still haven't really come down from it, but that was, you know, to get that was, I missed it, man. I really freaking missed all of that. And yeah. we had it back and we have it back. It's not, it's not going anywhere. Right. And I'm, but I'm, we just need to make sure we don't take it for granted, like, and appreciate those events. Mm-hmm. And you're not always going to get the result you want on race day. Correct. But, but that doesn't, yeah. I mean, you, you know that. Yeah. Like, uh, you're, you're not always going to get the result you want and, but enjoy what we do regardless and, and, and what we're able to experience and what we're able to accomplish. It's yeah, that was a special day. That was a really special day that that is going to be one of the most memorable races of, you know, I've now run 20 halves or fulls okay. and, uh, that's up there top two or three. I mean, mm-hmm. my first is always going to be, you know, one of the most memorable, but that that's right up there with it. It felt like a first marathon all over again. I think, I think I felt somewhat similar with some of the races that I've done this year is that even though I'm experienced at this, I don't know if it's necessarily felt like first, but it, it's been that it's been that just deep feeling of appreciation for them. Mm-hmm um that i've really come to like and and it's 
it's for exactly the same reasons. Like you, you come to realize that you can't take these for granted. We had to wait for them. You know, a whole lot of work went into them. Uh, you know, we couldn't have big crowds or we, we weren't supposed to have big crowds. So like being able to do that yesterday where you do have all those volunteers out and you do have all these spectators out and just, just being around other people and like not even having to have connections with them per se, but just like that feeling of like, Hey, we're all here together to experience and celebrate this moment. Um, I have felt that every race that I've done um, to a lesser extent, because I strategically did smaller races this year and I was there yesterday. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't know if I can do all small races next year. I need to do a couple of bigger ones because there's just a different feeling. I, you know, you know who I loved yesterday. And I, you know, obviously I experienced much less of the race was when you did the PR gong, those two girls that were there for the PR, oh, they gong were hyped. Were so hyped for everybody. Yeah. And like, I'm just watching them do this and it's like, yeah, they're just so excited for everybody that had that great day. And like, just even that warmed my heart mm -hmm. to watch that. Because All the volunteers, I think, were that way. I yeah. mean, it, it was crazy. Like, everybody at water stops. Like, there was there was a different energy. Yeah. I, it, it really was – it was over the top in the best way possible. Yeah. I mean, there was just a different energy from everybody. And, you know, even the way – the interaction I had with the Goodwill lady at the start. You mm -hmm. know, it's like that was fun. There was yeah. just something – you could just tell everybody was happy to be back at it. Like, in Northeast Ohio, we have the Akron Marathon, which is an institution in Akron. Yeah. Columbus – the Columbus Marathon is the same thing to Columbus. Mm -hmm. Like, it is such a huge part of that city. It, yeah. It's so ingrained in the culture of that city, especially the neighborhoods it goes through. Yeah. And you could just tell how much those neighborhoods missed it. That's why, I mean, I, I wonder I, – I would love to – and maybe I am not remembering exactly what the crowds were like in previous ones, but I almost wonder if the crowd sizes were greater than they have been in years past because people just wanted to be out. Yeah, I was really surprised because I really expected it to maybe be down because participation in the event was down. Right. Some of that by design, some of it not because yeah. you're competing with majors and all these other races crowded uh, at, at very crowded and it's really hurt races like Columbus. But um, yeah, I, I really didn't know what to expect and it just, it exceeded all my expectations. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that those girls at the PR gong. Yeah. They, they were hyped as hell, man. It was, oh, it was fun. That was fun. Yeah. I did want to say something about um, the PR thing. We talked about goals um, and I kind of touched on it a minute ago, but when I, I, I talked about the unknowns and um, if you don't set your goals, right, the wheels can fall off really quick during a race. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that I really felt that I nailed <laughs> was having the proper goals going into this event. Yeah. Because I ran four minutes slower than I maybe thought I was capable of. Mm -hmm. But because I had my goals and kind of alternate goals, whatever you want to call them set properly, I was still able to enjoy the hell out of every step of that race. Yeah. And never felt down on myself. It was a, I was able to just be like, all right, well that one's not there. So let's keep it going for this goal. Let's keep it going for this. And then knowing like I said, that 130, like break 130, that was my B goal. 
you want to do that. And I would have been a little disappointed if I didn't do that. That would have mm-hmm. been the only way I would have been yeah. disappointed would to not be to not break 90 minutes. But when, when I, I knew that was there, it was like, you, you got to keep pounding to get that. Um, that, that really kept me motivated at times where it hurt. And, uh, yeah, proper goal setting is huge. And well, if you need everything to go right, you're, you're gonna, you're setting yourself up for failure. And you and I talked about that as we were walking back to our cars is that, you know, there's almost this, when you put in all, it's tough because you put in all that training and you want to run your very best, but there's just so much in running that's outside of your control. You know, the weather can be bad. You can have, you know, your hip flexors act up on you and you you realize you got to back off a little bit to recover before you can go ahead and grind again. And you know, I think I said to you yesterday, like it's almost a situation where you've got to view races as, as um, just other opportunities to see if you've got your best that day. And if you don't have it, it doesn't mean that it was a failed training cycle or that you're not good. It's just maybe the conditions didn't quite line up for that. You know, there's right. a reason why Elliot Kipchoge is such an outlier because he's able to one, stay healthy during all the training that you have to do to get ready for a marathon and then be so consistent. There's nobody else in our lifetimes at the sport of distance running that has been able to do the same thing. So that just tells you how hard it is to do that. And yeah, I mean, you had, you had the perfect mindset for it. You had a good training cycle. You had, you probably are capable of running 125 if everything lines up perfectly, but God, I mean, how often does that happen? Right. So, and I, well, I don't, I don't know with like, you know, one, one of the things I, you know, I keep, talking about unanswered questions i I think some questions were answered for me i I think i could do 125 Mm -hmm. i think i could do faster yeah but i don't want to put in the work and that's also yeah and there's nothing wrong with that i i I don't want to i don't want to do six workouts a week i I don't i i don't want to do eight mile tempos (laughs) i don't want to do that type of stuff yeah that's just not that's not what i want to do at least right now um you know, I, I had told myself if I can run 125, if I run 125, I'm gonna go after a three-hour marathon and try to get to Hopkinton and, yeah. and Toledo. I don't have to do that now. Yeah, like I can just, you know, be very happy and content. I think sometimes you have to find where you're content in running. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's sometimes difficult, and some of it's a social media aspect and the kind of grind culture we have. Uh, where it's like, you always got to be improving. And it's like, I mean, you, you should always try to improve, but you don't always have to try to throw in the most amount of work possible. Right. Like I was talking to Matt Martin this morning and he was, you know, I was like, yeah, I just, I just don't, I think I'm good where I'm at. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I thought the same thing. And I was doing like, I got over the hump when I was like 55, 60 mile weeks. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> like I just, I don't. Yeah. And that's, that's why I'm cool right here. Like I'm cool with this. I'm cool with maybe going after like 310 at uh, Glass City and kind of just sitting there and and just being content. I'm content with who I am as a runner. Um, I'm I'm putting in the amount of work I enjoy putting in. It allows me to continue to get better, but to sustain and continue to get better. But it also allows me to sustain my enjoyment for running instead of just grinding so hard that I begin to, it begins to feel like a chore, which sometimes that's fun. You enjoy that. I do. Like, 
it, you, you love that grind. That's just it. Everybody has a season of life, a season in running that they just may not want to do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being content. And I, I think, I think part of that too, is that, you know, this is our hobby. We don't, yeah. we don't get paid to do this. And so, you know, you have to make your hobby work for you in the way that you want it to work for you. Um, I do enjoy that grinding at the same time. I, I told you, you know, towards the end, how, you know, mentally fatigued I was getting from it. And I'm right. very much like, I really would like to go out and, and run this week. I don't think I'm going to, cause I think just a little bit more time off is going to be better for me long-term in terms of making sure I'm past a little bit of tendonitis that I had. Right. But the running that I want to go do wouldn't be to like start chasing anything. It would just be, it's really nice outside and I miss the feeling of running. Um, you know, but it's, I'm actually at the moment quite content to not be doing it. I'm enjoying the mental downtime of like, Hey, my days don't revolve around what my workout is going to be. Um, I, you know, I don't, I think the thing about something like Boston is it's like, it's a tangible thing that runners can chase. There's not a whole lot that's tangible for a lot of people to chase. Like, unless you're somebody who's able to like chase after, um, you know, like age group wins or maybe even like, right. you know, top three in a smaller race. There's not a whole lot that's tangible outside of I go out and run my race and I get my medal and maybe I set a PR. So I think Boston's like that one thing that like every runner can strive for, but you don't have to. Like right. that's you can be you're in such a great place with what you're saying because you don't feel like you've got to do that. You're just perfectly grounded with where you're at and you can enjoy the sport and that's fantastic. The the thing that's hard is like when I when I talk to people, especially people who are uh you know, run times that get them to Boston or train for times that get them there is I'm so close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm so close, but I'm, I'm still, I'm far enough away where the work just, no, uh, but it's, it's, so it's sometimes I think people, it, it's hard for people who love that grind to understand where I'm coming from. Sometimes, yes. you know, it's like, you're so close though. Yeah, I'm so close that I'm would have to hate my life for 15 weeks. Right. You know, and I I would love to do it. I I would. I just would not love to work for 15 weeks like that. And that's and I didn't really consciously choose to to do this, but it's the big shift for me that's happened in the last couple of years. People keep people will keep asking about my race. Like I've got a regular who comes up to work all the time and he's like, Hey man, how'd your race go? And I told him and he goes, man, you were so sure. Like it was going to work out for you this time that you're going to get to Boston. Like you've got to be devastated. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, and don't get me wrong. Like I hate that my race didn't go the way that I wanted to. I hate that all that good training, I wasn't able to fully utilize it in a way that might've gotten me there. Right. But it's one of those where, my running experience doesn't feel any less because I haven't made it there. I do right. still have faith that I'm going to, and maybe it's the faith that I'm going to, that's kind of blunting that disappointment, but I really don't feel like as a runner, I'm going to be any less and I'm going to have less enjoyment of it. If I actually don't get there, I'm just enjoying the process of it. And yeah, I want to see the results come out of it. It's not like, Hey, I'm just having fun and it doesn't matter. Like I'm very much chasing the results, but you know, I felt like I did everything as well as I could have this year. So if something, again, those things you can't control, if, if something pops up, what am I supposed to do? Rage right. against it and be angry at myself and angry? At, no, it's, I had a great year running 
And in that way, I feel very much like kind of what you're talking about and that I'm just enjoying it. And hopefully I'll get there. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'll start chasing that next cycle again. And you and I have talked about how we're going to kind of do like it's eventually like an episode where we kind of talk about like reviewing a whole year and how you transition that into looking at what's coming next. That'll be an interesting conversation. But I just, as much as I enjoy that grind, I don't feel like I'm any less if that grind doesn't lead to what I want. I don't need that. I guess I don't need that uh, validation. Yeah. I do think it's important to state, um, you know, as, as content as I am, there are still things that I will look at in my training and, and even the race plan that I went out with yesterday that I will, you know, diagnose and try to improve on. Sure. Like, so I, cause I don't want what I say to be misconstrued as like, I don't care if I no. don't get better. I, I, I want to still be a better runner and that I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if it looks like longer distances, faster PRs, right. Or what I'm not sure what it looks like, but it's, it just comes down to understanding what, what work you're willing to put in and, and what goals will that work allow you to hit? And um, right now I'm content being where I am with the work I've been putting in. And I, there, you know, there are things I definitely need to look back on my training on. I don't think I did enough um, harder, longer workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's where that, that one hill kind of got me. And I, I don't think I recovered from it as quickly as I would have liked to. Uh, but you know, just, uh, small tweaks that can be made. I think moving forward that can allow me to, uh, to, you know, race better halves next year, maybe in the next two weeks, who knows? Yeah. it depends on how I feel. Um, right now, I can't imagine <laughs> running Cleveland on Sunday, but we'll see. It's gonna be fun. Ryan McCartney is gonna be pacing the one thirty group, so I'm just gonna, oh nice. I'm just gonna go with him, and I think uh, I may not. It'll depend on how I feel. But if I feel good, the plan is just gonna be go with him till about halfway and see if I can take off and maybe PR again. Wouldn't yeah. that be something? But yeah. But we just hit an hour. I'm ready to go take a nap. Yeah, sure. I would imagine. So um, thank you for coming out yesterday. Oh, that was re- a blast. It, it really meant something to have uh, have you down there to, you know, see me ring that gong. And yeah, that was uh, that was a special time. And I can't wait to be thunderstruck again. I do think I'm doing Columbus forever. I, I've always thought I need to mix it up. I need to now. Nah. I, like I'll mix up the spring races. I don't have a spring race that I have that tight of an attachment to. Yeah. Um, dude, Columbus is just the greatest. It's fantastic. And, and I'm just going to be there every year in some capacity. It's yeah. Whether it's half or full goals or not. Yeah. That's right. just too good of an event to not be a part of. So I can't wait for next year. Yeah. It's nice to be thinking about next year now. Yep. So um, but I got two more races. Oh yeah, still. you got two more I sh- races. I should probably through. I should probably slow down on thinking about 2022. I'm thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there. We'll we'll catch you up here in a couple of weeks once you're. Yeah, done. yeah. So um, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, please make sure on your favorite podcast platforms to rate, review, subscribe, hit the like button, whatever it is. I don't know, uh, so that you can 
like hear us every week without me having to post stuff to social media, which I'll do anyways. But, um, and you know, feel free to share us too. Uh, and give us feedback. We really appreciate that. I've gotten yeah. some good feedback this week and I really yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, but I look forward to talking to y'all next week. Adam, I will see you this weekend. Yes, you will. I will. Uh, and until then, enjoy your miles, everybody. <laughs>